Christ is risen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Well, grace is yours and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit who calls us together in one that we might share one legacy of being called the people of God by His grace. As we celebrate this week uh, All Saints Day, I can't help but uh, give thanks to God for those who've gone before me and most immediate probably is uh, 33 years ago my father uh, went to be with the Lord. And uh, he'd be 100 years old this year, but he was just a kid when he died, 67. He left a legacy, uh, not all of it good, quite frankly, uh, but he left a legacy. I mean, I know a lot of German words, but most of them are curse words. So, uh, but, but he also left a legacy of, of, uh, of learning. Uh, he had a, uh, all of a seventh grade education, but he read constantly. Uh, he read uh, the Book of Knowledge. Anyone have the Book of Knowledge? Or, do you remember that from your childhood? Am I the only old person here? No. Okay. Yeah. Be, be proud. You know? uh, book of Knowledge or, or World Book Encyclopedia. I mean, he would read those things. I'm going, wow, Dad, that's like boring. He also had uh, Wisconsin agriculturalist. He was, a, he was a farmer, and so he kept up on things. Wisconsin agriculturalist. It was a periodical. He, he also had portals of prayer. Portals of prayer. And then, of course, his Bible. RSV, by the way. That was... Uh, the true translation, RSV. Yeah. He's always learning, always reading. He left me another legacy, and that was of worship. We gathered for worship. Uh, we went to church. We were always late, you know. That's back when they ushered you in. You know. And, of course, Lutherans, you know, they're in the back. So if you're late, where do you sit? Yeah. So I had a first-row seat most Sundays. And I would usually sit in front of him because he was too vain to get glasses, so I would hold the hymnal so he could read over my shoulder. And I'd hear him singing, you know, over my shoulder. I could, uh, I could sing the, uh, the Te Deum and, and uh, the Magnificat and all those before I could read. It gave me a legacy of worship. Not necessarily a, a legacy of celebration, that's our theme today is celebration. It's really around worship. You've been journeying through uh, Nehemiah during this one legacy, and I just, we're in chapter 12 now, by the way. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just want to highlight a couple of items. Uh, at the dedication of the wall, so the wall has been rebuilt by Nehemiah and the other people, the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. So they go on top of the wall now, which was earlier said by Tobiah, the, uh, the Ammonite. He said, even if a fox goes up in that wall, it's going to fall down, you know. They mock. But now they're walking on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs. It was kind of like being at the 500th anniversary worship celebration at the Breslin. My wife was in the choir. She was wearing the white blouse. I don't know if you saw her. Uh, I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. Uh, one was to proceed on top of the wall uh, to the right toward the dung gate. That, that'd be like you, you pulled a short straw on that one. You're going to the dung gate, okay? The, the second choir proceeded on the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people. They passed the tower of the ovens to the broad wall. The two choirs that then gave thanks, 
and took their places in the house of God, so did I, together with half the officials as well as the priests. Now here's the key verse, verse 43. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Something was happening because God had been at work. Worship is is celebration, and my contention is that we celebrate all kinds of things. We we celebrate retirements, quitters. We we celebrate milestones, like last week you celebrated the profession of faith of young people. It's a milestone in their journey with God. That's awesome. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate birthdays of grandchildren, don't we? Like we had something to do with that. We, we celebrate degrees and we celebrate graduations. We celebrate all kinds of things. I want to contend for you today that, that really worship is an opportunity for us to, to, to gain perspective. Because when we celebrate, as the people of God did in Nehemiah's day, we're celebrating several different things. First of all, we're we're celebrating, we're looking back at what God has done. Secondly, we're looking around at what God is doing. And thirdly, we're looking ahead to what God is going to do as he fulfills his promises. So if you journey with me, that's where we're going in the message today. First of all, we take a look back to give us perspective. What has God been up to? Well, Nehemiah's day had gone from ruins to rebuild wall, and they said it couldn't be done, but God did it through his people. And they were celebrating that. They're now walking on the wall that once was rubbles. Secondly, they, they realized that they were, they, were, they were rebuilding the wall, but the foundation was still there. And so they were framed the wall on the foundation laid by faithful forefathers. They weren't recreating the wall. They were simply rebuilding it on the foundation that was already there. Your faith and my faith today is built on the foundation that has already gone before us. I had had Christian parents. Maybe you did or didn't. But in any case, we go back in history, we have the faith of the Apostles' Creed, the the second or third century written, right? We've built on on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, on those who've gone before us, the martyrs who gave their blood in testimony to their faith in Christ, that they would not deny his name. They would not bow the knee to anyone else but Jesus Christ, and they gave their lives. And today, people are still giving their lives for the name of Christ. We build our lives and our faith on those who've gone before us, and we thank God for them. It's not a monument to the glory of men, but rather to the grace of God to the grace of God at work among his people. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. In, uh, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter three, listen to what Paul says as he writes to the people there. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is what? Jesus Christ is the sure foundation. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. 
It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. We're all building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate 500 years of the Lutheran Reformation, we thank God for, for the testimony of grace alone and faith alone and Scripture alone and Christ alone. We build on that foundation. We give thanks to God as we look back. We look at what God has done. But worship is also an opportunity for us as we share one legacy to look around, to take a look around and, and to get it, gain a perspective of what God is doing. And many times, quite frankly, we're not paying attention. God is at work all the time. We take so much for granted. You know, sometimes when the, when the wind is howling and I'm sitting in my bedroom and I've got my blankets and I'm comfortable, I think to myself, you are one blessed pup because there are homeless people. You know, we thank God. God is at work. He's changing lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ still has the power to transform lives, and we see it happening every day. I have the privilege of traveling around this district, and I get to see God at work in congregations and lives being changed. I see a lot of foolishness too, but we're not talking about that today because it's not God's foolishness, it's our foolishness. But God is still transforming lives with the power of his, of his, uh, of his gospel. And as those people in Nehemiah's day were walking around on that wall, I can imagine, I can imagine that they were pointing out, yeah, I built that part right there. I put my initials in there. Baruch ben Zabi. Every stone, every stone has a story. And we celebrate that. Each one of you has a story to tell of God's work in your life. You need to share it and tell it, celebrate it, because God is at work. You know, the world doesn't always understand, doesn't always understand our celebration. I mean, we celebrate even in the face of death. We celebrate people passing away. We celebrate All Saints Day. We, people don't get that. People that don't know the message of Christ don't understand why we can celebrate even in the midst of grief. It's because we grieve like those who have hope. I was not there, but this story is epic in our family. My oldest daughter, born deaf, learned one word at a time to speak and to read lips. And by golly, we celebrated every word when she used it correctly. So my wife, pregnant with our second child, is at the doctor's office, has Becky with her. Becky's a little toddler. Oh, so cute. This woman came in, sat down next to my wife, and my daughter looks at her, and she used one of her new words, big, big. The woman was probably pregnant with like 15 children or something. I, you know, I, I don't know. So my wife is like going, good girl, that's good, good use of the word. I'm so sorry. People don't always understand why we celebrate. They don't get the context. That death is no longer something to fear because sin, death, and Satan have been dealt a deadly blow by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And God is still at work. 
And so your life and mine come together. It's not just a mound of mud, but it's a, it's a, it's a mosaic. Everyone's story fits in. And as the choirs are, are choreographed to, to walk across the, uh, the wall and celebrate in Nehemiah's day, so a crowd of God's people is choreographed for one purpose. Listen into what Peter says in his first letter. As you come to him, that's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a rock star. Yeah. I was thinking they'd be more awake this morning with that extra hour of sleep. I Rock stars, we read on. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. Now, we already read that. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message. They ignore Christ, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you all are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Here's the why. Here's the why you are that. So that you may declare the promises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. There's a why to your what? You are the people of God. You are precious stones built on the cornerstone Jesus Christ. You are a mosaic of faith right here today. Something to celebrate for one purpose, and that's to proclaim the marvelous deeds of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And let me just tell you that there's a mess going on in our church. There's a mess going on in our church. Some people think that the definition of the visible church found in our Lutheran catechism, and I get that. I believe it. I agree with it. The... the, the, the uh, definition of, of the visible church is those gathered around word and sacrament. Is that a true statement? Say yes. Yes, that is the definition of the visible church. But some would say that that's also the purpose of the visible church. Just to come together and gather around word and sacrament. That's all we do. Are you kidding me? We just read that the purpose that God has brought us together as his mosaic is to proclaim his marvelous deeds to those who are yet outside of faith in Christ, which leads me to point three. God is still at work. God is still at work. We look ahead. God promises propel us. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that the love of Christ compels us. We must proclaim the message of Christ, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. The church exists primarily for those who are not yet part of it. We must proclaim. They must hear our hallelujahs. And on that day in Nehemiah, on that day they offered great sacrifice, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Can the world hear the rejoicing that takes place at St. John Lutheran Church, Rochester, Michigan? Can they hear it? They must hear it. We must point them to the Savior. Without Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, they are lost. 
They must hear it. We cannot be mute. Because on that day as we gather in heaven before the cross of Christ, before the the, the person of Christ, the gates of eternity, the gates will never be closed on that day. All will be sealed, all will be done. The gates of the eternal city are always open because we have no enemy to fear. All is defeated. Death is done. Satan, destroyed. It's all done. No sin, no tears, no grief. It's all done. That's what God's going to do. We can celebrate that. As we come to All Saints Day, as we gather and celebrate and leave a legacy of celebration, it's good for us to look back. Look back at what God has done. Look around at what God is doing. And look ahead to what God yet promises. One final clip. So I got one question for you. Do you believe in you? Because I do. I believe in you so much, I've already booked the tickets all the way to the championship game. Because we're not flying home today. When your plans change, our fees don't. Behind every story is the reason for transparency. So, just so you get this clear, it's not faith in faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ, who's already won the victory. Already won the victory. And so we won't need to change our travel plans. It's faith in Christ. His promises are sure and certain. Because Christ is risen... Hallelujah. Amen. Joy to have this brother with us, and praise God for that message. It may not resonate just here today, right? A message like that does no good just to stay in this room. It it resonates with us as we go out uh, to the world today in celebration of what our God has done among us.